What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Seat Fantasy Sports Podcast, where in case anybody wants to know, we actually outscored the San Francisco 49ers and Arizona Cardinals by ourselves last week. So I'm your host, John Zuccarello. With me, I have our star wide receiver, Mike Gianetti, and our big armed quarterback, Jimmy Andahazy. What's up, guys? Great game last week. (laughs) Fastest man alive. Fastest man alive. Go for speed. I'm built for comfort. (laughs) All right, boys. So let's jump right into it. Week eight, leading into the trade deadline. A lot of stuff to touch on tonight. Um, So real quick, not real quick. First thing I want to get into, let's get into the trades. You know, we're about five hours past the trade deadline at this point. You know, some big names moved. A couple big names moved last week. Um, You know, we're not really going to get into the defensive players that went, although a couple big names did move. Not big, but, you know, Damon Harrison, Snacks Harrison moving is pretty big. Um, Dante Fowler moved. That's about all we're going to get into with that. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, one of the best names in sports history. Uh, Amen to that. I just wanted to say ha ha, Clinton Dix. Just (laughs) ha ha, Clinton Dix picks off the Brock Lobster. It'd be the greatest moment of my life. (laughs) Get get him and Booby Dixon on the same team. I'm ready to go. So, all right. Last week we had Amari Cooper going to Dallas in a patented Jerry Jones pick or Jerry Jones move for a first round pick today. We saw golden Tate leaving the motor city heading into the city of brotherly glove for a third round pick. We saw Demarius Thomas leaving his home for what the last eight years, I believe yeah. in Denver heading down South of Houston for a fourth and a seventh round pick. Denver, Denver also sending a, I believe a seventh round pick back. So Demarius Thomas in a seventh for a fourth and a seventh. And then uh, Ty Montgomery fumbled away the ball in the win last week, and they booted his ass out of Green Bay. They <laughs> didn't get a pick in next year's draft. They went for the last pick, the pick in the last round of the 2020 draft. That's how bad they wanted him out of Green Bay. So those are just a couple of the names that moved this week. Um, I think we. I'm see pretty sure couple- Aaron Rodgers himself signed the trade sheet. Aaron Rodgers. I'm pretty did you sure. See him on the sideline. Yeah. Take. He was a blanking knee, he said. (laughs) Yeah, he was unhappy. So the first thing I want to get into with these trades, we saw a couple of the same type of players traded. You know, two guys got traded for around the same thing. One guy got traded for a first round pick in the NFL is the equivalent of equivalent of. I I don't even know what to put like, like where. Where do they think they're going with a first-round pick for Amari Cooper? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, Don't he, get was, me wrong. Don't he get was. Me wrong. He was. He was. He was a first-round first pick, pick. So you have to give him a first-round pick. They're trading him, which means that value is gone. Hey, he's a first-round. First-round picks when they're traded are kind of like when you buy a car, right? That that first-round status depreciates three thousand mile, three thousand dollars as soon as you drive it off the lot, right? You buy that car for twenty-six thousand dollars, let's say. When you pull it off the lot, you make that right onto the street. That's $23,000 car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you're not, but, you should not be getting equal let me, value. <laughs> let, me set up, let me set up a scenario for you, all right? Now, uh, John, also his own GM. Am I, am I wrong in that? Like, he runs the team, football operations, like all that. You pay that. a guy $100 million for, what's he got, two wins? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to set up the scenario for you, all right? John Gruden calls Jerry Jones, Jerry World. They have a long conversation about how the season's going. And uh, at the end of the conversation, 
Chucky basically says to Jerry, you know, Jerry, you know it would be really great? Amari Cooper on your missing. How about I ship him over to you, you send me a first-round pick, what do you say? Huh? Huh? And I think Jerry just bit hook, line, and sinker. You know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He drugged him. He, he programmed him. I don't know what he did, but uh, robbery, complete. You know, maybe Chucky knows what he's doing after all. I don't know. I yeah I I can't get on board with that. I just think it's a typical Jerry Jones move. I don't think there was any conversations with the teams beforehand. Jones called about her Cooper was available. Called about Cooper. They said, well yeah you know we want a first round pick and Jerry Jones done. Yeah, massive negotiator there. <laughs> it's it's like you drafted a guy in the. <laughs> you know what? Your version is so much worse, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> and Jerry Jones walks into the office. Stephen Jones has got to be sitting there with his. He's reading on. I picture this. Jerry Jones walks in. Hey, Stephen, I got to tell you something. Meanwhile, Stephen Jones is sitting at his computer reading what his father just did. Joel on the keyboard, just like, what did you do? <laughs> you traded a first round. The, the amount a first round pick means to an NFL franchise is ridiculous. Like, it's, it's so far and above what a guy like Amari Cooper is worth to the Cowboys season. He's not going to win them a Super Bowl. He's, they might not even win the East. They might have traded their first-round pick next year and a chance to get one of the better receivers coming out of college and set up a true triplet scenario there. For Or a new quarterback. <laughs> which is something else they need. Sorry, I trolled. It's I yeah, I do I just I I the more I see like I feel like Amari Cooper and Golden Tate are kind of on the same level, right? I I definitely think that Golden Tate has a better track record than Amari Cooper. I mean, sure, maybe Cooper has some big games, but Golden Tate's got some big games too. And guess what? He catches the ball. Yeah. And he went for a third. And I still think that's a little bit high. But you figure if Philly turns on and, you know, they turn their game up and they're, all their picks are going to be at the end of the round. So it's essentially a, a, low, a high third, low fourth round pick, which is right around where you would think oh, – Again, Amari Cooper for first-round pick. You know, the Cowboys, I think they saw – I think they bought into a little bit of fool's gold. I think they bought into, you know, benefiting from a little bit of a weak schedule to start the season. They had some wins over some opponents down on their luck, not very good teams. And they, I think they think they're better than they are. Their defense is coming on. But I, I just don't know how far you're going to go with Dak Prescott. I just don't see it. But – Jimmy, what did you think of uh, your team adding another wide receiver to the mix? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I guess for, for what you're giving up, it's not a huge deal, but I, I didn't know that they needed that, – that was where the need was. You know, I think with Alshon and Ertz, I mean, the problem is – I mean, you had Jordan Matthews go off for 100 yards this week. Yeah, guys are stepping up. They're having good games. When Wentz isn't forcing the ball to Jeffrey all day, which is what he did two weeks ago in Carolina – so the problem isn't there. The problem is a consistent, you know, running game right now. And when you're when you're on your, you know, the third guy Adams having just as many touches as everyone else. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on Josh Adams. You give that kid a chance. I'm telling you, they're going to like what they can get out of him. You have. He's a volume carry guy, though. He's a guy that needs a lot of touches to be effective. They need to stick with him. I mean, no secret here. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I watched that kid his whole college career, other than the knee injuries. He was – once he got into the game rhythm and got going, he's a volume touch guy. He needs the ball in his hands 
more like he, he needs a lot of carries to get going. Like I guess it's not a great thing, but once he gets going, once he gets into the flow of the game, he's a great running back. He just needs the chance. I, I think if they if they commit to him, they're gonna like what they get out of him. Yeah, so but I, I thought it would really been then Doug Peterson's MO, right? He's never gone, hey, this is your ball every, you know, every game. Hey, from what I've been saying from Doug Peterson's coach coaching style this year, he needs to change his MO a little bit. The guy has been borderline costing his team game. That game out in London, that was an embarrassment. That for the Jaguars and for the Eagles. That game was awful. The two teams looked so disinterested. I guess they all were at that bar where the four Jaguars skipped out on this seven. I was going to say the Jag <laughs> the Jaguars were all hung over, so I mean there's that. Yeah. And the fact that the Jaguars didn't suspend those players because they didn't have enough players to fill the spots is ridiculous too. So you're saying it's okay to suspend when it's when it fits your team, but not when the when, when it's the right situation. Okay. So, right. They got 53 people on it. They got 53 people on a team that you can only start 11 people. They had plenty of people to start in that game. They should have suspended every one yeah, of those that, guys. That, that's just a classless move by them. Like you're in a foreign country, an ambassador for the game, ambassador for for the country, in, in, in a greater sense, and that's what you do. At any rate, guys, I'm not going to cry about having Golden Tate on, on the Eagles. No, you know, Golden Tate. Like Golden Tate is better than Jordan Matthews, hands Absolutely. down. He upgrades uh, he makes offense, but he does – I think – and now, now hear me out. There's another guy that was traded today that I think is a better fit for Philadelphia than Golden Tate. Ty Montgomery. He fills the need at running back. He fills the need at slot receiver. He can fit into that Philadelphia scheme where they like to use a bunch of different guys in a bunch of different roles very nicely. I think the Eagles kind of missed out on an opportunity to get him. And, you know, like I don't know if you guys watch SNL on like the weekly roundup or whatever they call that news show at the end of it. They have their drunk uncle that comes on. Well, <laughs> I have my crazy brother that gets in my ear about things. One of the things he got in my ear about was that he thinks that he likes Golden Tate, but he thinks Ty Montgomery should have been the, the trade for the <laughs> Eagles. And the more I listen to that crazy son of a bitch, I'm like, Jesus, he's right. It makes sense. Like, it, it really fits. He fits with that scheme. But do they have a bunch of Ty Montgomery's already with Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement? <laughs> I, I don't know. So... I mean, Smallwood just seems like – and Clement, even though I've watched a lot of Corey Clement, Corey Clement, and I think he's got talent, but for whatever reason, he's not meeting expectations this year. Uh, I, I agree. I feel like Montgomery would have been an interesting addition, at least a veteran presence that maybe they're missing right now. Uh, and uh, he can do I, everything, and he seems like a guy that he's willing to step up and take whatever role the team offers him. I mean – He's, re he's returning – was returning kicks for Green Bay. Two years ago, he was their starting running back. Yeah. And, well, yeah. I guess he wishes he didn't take on that role, but <laughs> – I bet he wishes he took a yeah, knee. Well, oh, I'm sure he does. Because let's be honest, if he, if he doesn't fumble that ball – If, if he doesn't right fumble that ball, Aaron Rodgers takes that – the way he, that game was going, Aaron Rodgers goes right down the field and scores. Right. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get that ball. I'm sure he was the first person in someone's ear going, that can't happen ever again. Yeah. And now, now it won't. Nope. Well, now it won't. Montgomery on that team at least. No. So, all right, Demarius Thomas, the Houston. I'm not sure how much this helps Houston. They did lose Will Fuller. Demarius Thomas is not the same type of wide receiver as Will Fuller. No. They have Kiki Kute or Kuti Kuti or however you say his name. Yeah, he's but still, he's, he's, he, lame. he's lame with a yeah, hamstring he's, injury. It's, it's He's still banged rough. up. Um, you know – I'm not sure how much Demarius Thomas helps take the coverage off of Hopkins. At this point, Thomas is kind of 
you know, a, a nickelback cover, uh, backside corner cover. Uh, it is an upgrade from what they had, though. So I do get what they're doing there. And then, um, like I said, Ty Montgomery to Baltimore. I like what I like that for Baltimore. Gives them a little flexibility with a guy that they can play all over the field. So those are like the th- those are the four fantasy relevant players that were moved today. There's a couple other trades, like I said, Fowler went today. You know, another another stellar draft pick from that vaunted 2015 draft class, which we will get into a little bit later, guys. You're, I have a feeling you guys are going to like what we have coming up. Um, so hold on, one thing we didn't get into though is I, I don't see what Detroit's trying to accomplish. I don't I don't know how getting rid of Golden Tate right now makes your team a better, uh, you know, a better overall. It doesn't, uh, be honest with you. I mean, I guess they're okay going with uh, Galladay uh, and Marvin Jones, but that's, that's the way I see it. I see, I see that they, they really like what they see from Kenny Galladay, and the only way to get him more touches is to remove. So they're looking at addition, addition by subtraction. Hey, you know what, you know what I say? More is more. More weapons, more points. You got – more is more. I mean, what, what's what's better for Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate on the field, spreading that coverage over three receivers, or Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones on the field, spreading that coverage over two receivers. What, what, what's, 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 no, 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 no. What's, what's better? Three three good wide receivers that can beat you from anywhere on the field, or two good wide receivers that can beat you anywhere on the field. Because I'll tell you right now, the answer is three. When there's more people for them to worry about covering, it's harder for defenses to game plan. Now they don't have to do that. I'm. TJ Jones is not Golden Tate. Theo Riddick is not Golden Tate. You're not going to be able to plug a guy into that and get the production that you've gotten from Golden Tate since he came over from Seattle. It's not going to happen. It, it's, I'm, just, I'm going to be curious to see where Matt Stafford goes with the ball over the course of the next And that's another weeks. thing. I just you feel took like Matt he's, Stafford's, he's forcing you targets. Took Matt Stafford's security blanket. He's always had the outlet of throwing the Golden Tate. He has comfort with him. He has chemistry with him for the last four or five years. Whenever he was in trouble, he found the ball, he found Tate with the ball, and you got rid of that. This is another. This is Matt Patricia trying to be cute. That's exactly what I think it is. Well, it's a defensive-minded coach adding a defensive piece and moving an offensive. Piece. That's great. That's I a mean, great it's... thing to do in the off season, not in the middle of a season. You don't take away a guy that's been your number one receiver for the last three years, and and not replace him with something. You didn't replace that production with anything. For a quarterback that's already rookie, having rookie coach, it's a quarterback coach. that's already not, having a having is struggling this year. Matt Stafford's having not he's not having a Matt Stafford season, so not no, even close. not even close. So, thanks, Jimmy. Thank you for thank you for getting me all riled up. That's what, hey man, I'm riled up too. Listen, I'm relying on Golden Tate as a, as a flex this week, but oh wait, now all of a sudden he's on bye. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that's the a second, second year row that's just happened to me. So. Yeah. Or, or how about when you draft a guy, when you draft a team and you set your running backs up where your three top three guys are all in different buys, and then they trade one of your guys to a team that's on the buys as, as your top running back. So now I have Carlos Hyde and Saquon Barkley off this week. Good thing I have Alvin Kamara to rely on. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, that was yeah. That, this is the world series. I, 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 I did, I did handcuff uh, Carlos Hyde with Nick Chubb. So there is that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, getting into that uh, Carlos Hyde trade, some news out of Cleveland. Not one coach fired, but two. 
They get rid of the offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, after eight weeks, and they get rid of Hugh Jackson, who doubled his career win total to three. To have the greatest season in Cleveland in the last half decade, and he gets the ax halfway through the season. So you, you stick with a guy through one through a one and thirty one start to his coaching career. He's two. Was he two five and one right now, or two two four and mm-hmm. one right now? And you send him the pink slip in the mail. What the hell is going on in Cleveland? I think it's pretty simple. I think Baker Mayfield had a certain feeling about Todd Haley and a certain feeling about Hugh Jackson. He made it known to the powers that be, and they took action. That's what So I you think. think a guy that started, what, what's he started, six games, five games, right? You think a guy that started five games has that kind of power already? Absolutely. He was the number one overall draft pick. He's the savior of the franchise. The next Drew Brees. I say that with air quotations, right? because I don't know if I believe it. But I can tell you right now that that kid's got some juice right now. I think Glenn Dorsey will do anything in his power to make that kid comfortable. They are, they are not looking forward to putting another quarterback name on the back of that jersey, the famous quarterback name jersey that, that I think at this point has an extension on it that goes over your ass. So uh, I, I think they're, they're going to do anything in their power to make Baker Mayfield happy. I, I just don't get it. I mean – you know, with a team that with a with a franchise that's been so historically bad, you need some sort of organizational stability, right? Yeah. And that starts with the owner, the GM, down to the head coach, to his coaches, to the players. Now, the disconnect seems to be there, there's all kinds of stories coming out of Cleveland right now saying that Todd Haley refused to talk to Hugh Jackson, wouldn't listen to him, called his own plays, ran his own game plan, did his own thing. All right. And basically wouldn't listen to Hugh Jackson when Hugh Jackson would give him direction. Right there, that means that, to me, that Todd Haley was thinking, well, Hugh Jackson's going to be gone. This is going to be my job. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to run it the way it is. So I guess Cleveland looked at it as Hugh Jackson can't lead. Todd Haley can't follow. Get rid of them both. But at the same time, like you, know, like you said, you have a, a multitude of number one picks on that team right now. You, know, you have a bunch of first-round draft picks on that team. What good is it getting rid of the guy that's supposed to be molding them, like in the middle of the season? I can see firing Hugh Jackson at the end of the season, but to do it now, it seems a bit overreactionary to me. I, and Todd Haley, eight games into his stay, yeah, I just don't, I don't get what they're doing in Cleveland. Like, like, okay, I get you're saying that Baker Mayfield didn't like this, didn't like that, so they they gave him the axe. But I don't know if. I, if you're gonna let if you're gonna let the players start running the franchise, then you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah. And, right, you know, that that takes a whole lot of maturity out of a rookie quarterback to go in there and and, and say, hey, listen, I'm I'm done with both of these guys. Like, I, I don't know. I have mixed reactions to this. Like, if, if there really is that infighting, then you get rid of what is clearly the problem, right? Which one of that is, I don't know. Maybe you get rid of Todd Haley now and say, all right, Hugh, you know, let's let's build some consistency. Let's continue to get this young quarterback acclimated to the league. And then you cut him at the end of the year, you know, and you move on, move on at that point in time. But I, I just, when Mike sent this text, like Hugh Jackson's gone, I'm like, what? After you sent Hyde after it on, like there's just, well, in the league where I think, th- th- think about the names, 
Think about the names. Josh Gordon, Carlos Hyde, Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley. What are they doing? And it's not even like those guys went in the offseason. These are all in-season moves. The, the, the Josh yeah. Gordon thing baffled me. I, I, I was swearing that there had to be more to that situation than there was, but there wasn't. I mean, I guess there wasn't. You know, you stick through this, stick with this guy through all of his demons, and then he's finally eligible, then you send him, then you send him to the Patriots. And then, you know, Carlos Hyde, you, you bring him in the offseason, then you draft Nick Chubb, then you trade him to Jacksonville after Carlos Hyde's having a pretty decent season. He's having a good season. More than yeah. decent season. And now Carlos Hyde's just kind of in no man's land in Jacksonville, and you, you're relying on Duke Johnson. You're not even giving the ball to Chubb as much as you were giving it to Hyde. You're giving it to Duke Johnson. He, what, what, make up your mind. Stick with a game play. Like, this is the reason the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. They have all the talent in the world on that roster, and they're just squandering it. It's just organizational instability. It's just from the top down that organization is a mess. I like John Dorsey. I like some of the things he's doing, but it seems like, you know, wh- where are you going with this? These are all moves that – so you're saying that John Dorsey hired this offensive coordinator – and eight games in, he just realized he made a mistake. Like, what? What is this? Why is this happening? It's just, it's just another long line, another misstep in the long line of missteps for this franchise. And it's, you know, I, I feel for the fans of Cleveland. Like, it's just, yeah, you had something going, and now firing a coach in season. When was the, when was the last time you heard this statement? Man, once they fired their coach, they really went on that Super Bowl tear. Yeah. Never. It doesn't happen. Yeah, right. Like, Never. I, I, Never. And now you have your defensive coordinators taking over as your team. Who's running that offense now? There's just a lot of questions. Hey, let's there. let's talk about that. Greg Williams, I mean, the guy who was almost banned from football, is now the head of this organization for <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Like this guy, there's players that were having great careers that never played again because of that whole situation, and somehow Greg Williams is a head coach of another team now. Think about that for a second. I wonder what Jonathan Vilma is saying about this. Seeing this guy. <laughs> You know, head coach of the Browns when Jonathan Vilma was crucified for Bounty Gate. Something that was happening all right. over the league, but they were dumb enough to pro- uh, publicize it, I guess. And now guys, guys lost their careers over this. And Greg Williams, the guy who orchestrated it all, is at the helm in Cleveland. Effectively a head coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. It's brutal. I, I mean, the other thing that, that gets at me a little bit is despite their record, they've also been in, what, two or three overtime games. So this is a team that's been competitive. So they haven't been able to close. They're very competitive. But they're right there. They're not that 0-16 team from last yeah, year. Exactly. This is, this team is more competitive. This is the most competitive they've been in three years. And now they fire the coach. You could have fired Hugh Jackson after 1-15. You could have fired him after 0-16. You don't bring him back, let him run a draft, run an off-season training camp program, have him go into the season, have this team competitive, have the players buying in, and then you fire him? It, it doesn't make sense. It's really, really weird. I mean, there's no you, doubt you about it. You could have fired this guy any t- at any time over the last three years. You pick now in the middle of a season where they're actually playing and they're actually competitive. We lost to Pittsburgh again. I guess we got to fire our uh, it, it, It's just like, – it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's irresponsible. Stupid. And it's borderline criminal what they're doing there. It, like, I'm sorry, it is. You're, you're just stealing money from season ticket holders. You're stealing money from fans. You're, you're – it's – I, I I just don't even want to get into it. Like that's enough Cleveland. That's enough Cleveland. We were so high on all these players coming in, and they just squander it every year. It's no more Cleveland. Cleveland goes on the same list as Josh Gordon. 
But no more talk about Josh Gordon. No more talk about Cleveland. And no more talk about the New York Giants. Let's move on. Speaking of the New York Giants, let's talk about how bad some of the games were this week. The- <laughs> Jesus. Segue. The New York Giants stink. The San Francisco 49ers, I know they had a bunch of injuries. They stink. The Arizona Cardinals, with some of the, with the, some of the names they have on that team, they stink. It's awful. The Jets' defense stinks. Like, I was listening to the uh, ESPN New York today. Todd Bowles is on talking about the Tariq Cohen's 70-yard touchdown. Apparently, what happened was a player lined up on the wrong side of the field and then blitzed somebody else's assignment, leaving that entire side of the field open for Tariq Cohen to basically go on toss 70 yards for a touchdown. Like, how does that happen with an NFL team? I don't know, man, but it was beautiful. <laughs> for Tariq Cohen owners. <laughs> Wait. Is it me, or were some of the games this week almost – they were borderline unwatchable between the penalties. The beginning of that Houston-Miami game was just a debacle. Three penalties on the opening kickoff? Yes, exactly. It's just – come on, man. This, is, this isn't Pop Warner. You're, you're you know supposed to be playing at the high – yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know it's bad when the commentators say something like – this isn't this isn't how we want to be starting NFL games. Like Troy Aikman, clearly. Troy Aikman was calling for the entire officiating staff to be fired at halftime and bring a new one in. It was great. Well, there there was an official axed. Uh, I don't think it was. It this was week, after last week, week with that missed false start. The guy was he was four what. steps into his dr- kickback before the ball was snapped right in front of the field judge and nothing, no flag, nothing. But God, but uh, God uh, forbid you breathe on a quarterback's head. God forbid it. There's the flag. Yep. There's the flag. I it's I'm, I was glad to see that at least one one guy did lose his job over the the horrible officiating that we've seen like, this year. Just going down the roster of games last week, the Houston Dolphins game was sloppy, penalty every other play. The Eagles Jaguars game in London was disgusting. You know, the Giants. They're they're. I think Alabama could beat the Giants right now. To be honest with you, and then. The, the San Francisco Arizona game just it's another take what are you doing what what are you doing it, it was just terrible it was awful and then some of the even some of the better games some of the mistakes you're seeing made the Ty Montgomery not taking a knee there letting that ball, like it, that you benefit in zero ways there is zero benefit for you running that ball out you get you, all right so you get the ball to the, to the 30 Aaron Rodgers couldn't get you those five yards on the first play I mean come on get out of here Take a knee. That's why he's, he gets himself essentially gets cut. You know, the bad coaching, bad playing, bad decision-making on the field, bad officiating. You know, it was a bad week it, in the NFL. It, it, that's it, for sure. it has been. It's, it's been a bad – you've got to be honest, man. There, there's been a lot more bad this season than good. It's been a tough season. It's been a tough season to kind of watch. Spoken like a true <laughs> Giants hey, fan. Hey, come on. No, no need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's been that bad. I don't you, think it's you, bad you leave my fighting is, Saquons but, uh, out of this, all right? Hey, listen. It, oh, geez. I, do we want to talk about Janoris Jenkins? Well, if they trade me, they trade me. I don't care. Really? Really? At least pretend like you're invested in the team you're on. I honestly believe that. He oh, well, yeah. I, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that too, which is more, which is more infuriating him not caring if he stays or goes. Or him caring that he wants to get – or saying he wants to get – I don't know. Like, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. I'm done with that entire team, except for anybody having my fantasy rosters. 
All right, let's get into some fantasy football talk here because I, I can go on about how angry I am. I, I think I've yelled already more today than I wanted to yell on this thing, but let's, let's get Jim. Give me, give me, some, give me some bad news. Let's just keep the bad news rolling. Just just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bathe in the bad news yeah. rain right now. Like, what, what happened at Thunderdome last week? Did I, did I get shut out? No, there were no shutouts. There were no shutouts. So let's. I don't like your tone. I don't like your tone because that, <laughs> that implies that somebody was close to getting shut. Oh, am I a little too glib for you? No. <laughs> yeah, let's start. Let's start with our esteemed guest, Soul Glow sixty nine, Mister Ray Gans, who came in six picks out of fifteen. So to build the suspense a little bit, I'll let you know that Ray was in the middle. Oh no! I got four. Oh, Ray <laughs> was in the middle. So let's start with last place. The guy running Thunderdome next week with five out of 15. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. It's Mike Chanetti. <laughs> yeah. Still undefeated. <laughs> John, there's nothing you should be excited about with eight out of 15. Hey. That's right. Eight. Is, is eight better than five? It is. Is eight better than six? It is. Then but I not am- by much. A wins, a wins, a wins. And like I gotta be honest, like the the running backs, you almost nailed them. You had four out of five, right? But you got zero of your wide receivers. That just that killed you. Can't overcome that. Yep. Hey, Mike. A bit of advice for you next week. Uh, Don't include players on bye weeks. Thanks. And uh, I think there's six teams on bye week next week. Yeah. I'm never going to have to run another Thunderdome ever. Yes. <laughs> and I do remember. Good luck with that. I do remember John saying that Ray, there's no way Ray got more than two. And uh, Ray got six. So. I was probably pretty close, though, because there's probably some borderline players in there that he was close one way or the other. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, when. Yeah. No, those are actually a couple of things that he got wrong. I can't believe he picked. But anyway. Yeah, that's I, all right. there, there was a couple. Pick, there was a couple guys that he picked that he sat. <laughs> Ride or die, <laughs> he sits them and then he picks them in Thunderdome. I'm like, oh, you're losing one way or the other, there, buddy. So, hey, under the the pressure, man, it's a, it's hard to remember. All right. So speaking of Ray starting people in Thunderdome, sitting them in Ride or Die, how we make out last week in Ride or Die, Jimmy? So last week's Ride or Die, we got. Uh, so we're actually starting to gain a little bit on John, which I like to hear. So John coming in last at two. I gotta stop. I, got, I gotta stop watching baseball while we're doing this. I can't concentrate. Yeah, well, that's no longer an excuse. <laughs> uh, I got three, and both our guests and Mike got four. So on the season, that drops me solidly in last at twenty nine. Mike pulling up and catching up to Johnny with thirty, and John still in the lead at thirty four. So let's see. So let's get him right to die this week. Uh, just as a reminder, on bye week this week is uh, the Bengals, Cardinals, Colts, Eagles, Giants, and Jags. So from a fantasy perspective, you know, despite except for the Giants, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good players out on bye. Hey, Cardinals, say what you want about the Giants, but Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley have been legitimate RB1 wide receiver one on any fantasy team they're on right now. No, I just like to say things that get you fired up. All right. John, why don't you get started off? Uh, with only getting two last week, so we'll let you go with your quarterback ride. All right, so funny thing is, last week we told you guys to stream this defense in San Francisco. 
This week, I'm telling you to start the quarterback that's going against them. I think Derek Carr is poised for a big week, a big Thursday night. Short week, brutal game for the Niners, tough loss. It's going to be hard to rebound from that. I think Derek Carr comes out, has a, has a big game against them Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday nights are always tough, but uh, might not be a bad one. Mike, what do you got? So I'm going to go with uh, the, the Sasquatch, the the guy with the giant hands. Uh, I've been making fun of him for the last two weeks, but I'm going to start the Brock Lobster typical, against the Jets. Typical Mike. He kills a guy, kills a guy, kills a guy, starts a guy. Like, oh, Brock Lobster stinks. This, no. uh, I'm going to start Brock Lobster. Let's do it. Well, Brock Osweiler is uh, currently a quarterback in the NFL going up against a rough defense. So I'm He's start currently him. a quarterback with an arm. <laughs> Throw him out there. <laughs> Our bar's not real high there. All right. Um, and I'm going to go with Alex Smith. And despite what I – all the jabs I get from Mike about the fact that they don't have a whole lot of wide receivers there, they are still playing Atlanta. They still have two decent tight ends they can get the ball to. And I think Adrian Peterson, you know, they're going to have to key on him because he's, he's running like he's 22 again. And uh, I think that – I'm hoping that will open up some running lanes. Uh, see, lanes. see I, I, I agree with one thing you said there, and it wasn't start Alex Smith. It was that <laughs> they're going to have to key on Adrian Peterson. Because, you know what, I could see this being the kind of game where Adrian Peterson has 30-plus touches. And I could see dink and dunk down the field when they need to pass just to open up a little bit of space for Peterson to run the ball some more, Thompson to run the ball a little bit if he's in the game. I know he's still banged up. But I don't see Alex Smith doing anything more than he did against the Giants this week. I see, what, a touchdown, maybe, 100 yards. The, big, the biggest problem, other than the fact that Alex Smith is not a big downfield passer, is that he is void of, of wide receiver talent right now. Paul Richardson is, like, one of the only healthy wide receivers he's got, and that's saying something. Yeah. I, I just – I mean, I, I get you're going with the bull pick here. Atlanta is a, t- is a weak secondary, a lot of injuries on that defense. I just, you know, I made the mistake of buying Alex Smith last week. You should have learned from my mistake. You should have stayed away from him. All right. John, you got to run him back. Uh, so, if there's two things I know about fantasy football this year, it's start any Kansas City player you have on offense and start any player you have playing Kansas City's defense. So, this week at running back, I'm looking for the rookie to have his breakout week, Nick Chubb. Over the 100-yard mark, one, maybe two scores. Nick Chubb against Kansas City. Well, despite all the grief we just gave the whole entire Cleveland coaching oh, staff. <laughs> if, Mike, if Mike's the king flopper, I'm right there with him. I, I flip-flop by the minute. By the minute. Like, I don't even want to get, start, get into it, but it's like, you know, I can literally be killing a guy one second and starting him. Like, I hate everybody in my starting lineups. I have Nick Chubb in my starting lineup. I, I got to put him in here. There you go. <laughs> all right, Mike, who's your running back? So for all of the reasons that, uh, that John just he praised all over Adrian Peterson, that's going to be my start of the week this week. Uh, he is just uh, turning back time and, and looking like the Peterson. He's a goddamn cyborg. Apparently he's been injured all season and just plays really? through them. So, really, what uh, part of that sixty-eight yard or sixty-six yard touchdown on Sunday looked like he was injured at all? That's a thirty-plus well, year old man uh, running away from everybody. Just 
from my vantage point in the second to last row of MetLife Stadium, it sure looked like uh, Saquon Barkley switched clothes with him and and jumped in there for that play. So, all right, <sighs> he must have like a broken pinky or something like that. Yeah. All right, I don't know. I don't see it. Anyway, he's 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 great. And I like the pick, so I can't argue with that. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. It's a tough matchup at New England because it's always tough to go into New England. But um, you know, I just I, I you know I like Aaron Jones as the number one guy there in Green Bay. Hey, question about that game. So we saw one of the all-time showdowns, I think, for the, or for the season, Mahomes versus Brady. Do you think Jones or uh, Rogers Brady comes close to Mahomes Brady? So this is only the second time that they've met in in history. Um, apparently, the the last time that the Packers and the Patriots played, Rodgers was injured, so we were denied the uh, the pleasure. So um, I'm actually looking forward to the matchup quite a bit. It it really isn't because as much as as much as Rodgers is the current, like he's he's still the man. Even with a he's been having a rough season. He's you know dealing with a bunch of issues right now other than injury he's also kind of dealing with a a rough offensive scheme he's dealing with injured wide receivers a bad receivers, offensive line uh, a coach that um you know is just maddening <laughs> uh you know honestly it's 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 a big matchup but no man patty patty mahomes is just yeah. i don't know man it's it's got so... the potential it's got the potential it's got the firepower to be there i mean i think Devontae adams you know, I was on Devontae Adams this offseason. I was slightly more on the Stefan Diggs. I thought Stefan Diggs was going to have more of a breakout year. I didn't see Theo. I saw Theo on his, you know, that possession receiver. I didn't see Theo as this big threat that he's become. But Devontae Adams was right there as the guy that I thought was going to make that – one of those guys who make that step into elite status. I think Devontae Adams has made that step, man. He is – he is something else. But, all right, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, so, Jimmy, you're going Aaron Jones. Okay. Um, Mike, why don't you uh, give us your wide receiver start? I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins versus the Browns, and it, it, it does have a little bit to do with Tyreek Hill. You know, apparently he's got a, a strained groin. Uh, there literally was an Andy Reid press conference. Tyreek Hill has a strained groin muscle and, and then radio silence. We haven't heard anything about this. Will he miss time? Won't he miss time? Is it affecting his run? Like we, we at this moment, we just don't know. So regardless of whether Tyree kill is, is going to play or not, I think that Watkins is carving himself a role out in that, in that offense and going up against the Browns. Uh, I just, I feel like Watkins is going to have uh, a, a good, you know, a good day. I think he should have a touchdown against the Browns. Yeah, he should. I mean, everybody in that KC offense might have a touchdown. It's very possible. Johnny, what do you got? All right, so we start to see a little bit of what Carolina wants to do with this kid. You know, it's been kind of left out of the offense until a couple weeks ago. I think DJ Moore, they found something with him. I think they like this kid. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. DJ Moore versus Tampa, which is a bad defense, bad secondary. I think he has his breakout week this week. So I'm going with two rookies breaking out, Nick Chubb and DJ Moore. And Jimmy, yeah, where were you at? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite picks of yours this week, DJ Morris. So I really like that. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that you guys typically pick, 
Uh, I'm going to go Landry because of everything we talked about against that KC defense, which is just terrible. Yeah. If, if yep. you have a viable option against that Kansas City defense, you start him. Absolutely. All right, let's get some to some die picks. John, who do you have a quarterback? All right, so everybody's back on the Fitzmagic, right? Nope. Not, not this guy. Sit him against Carolina. Carolina's defense is legit this year. You can't do that. You love that guy. Eh, well, sometimes, you know. Remember, bipolar, flip-flopper. <laughs> I'm all over the board, man. <laughs> nice. It's a tough match. It's a tough matchup for sure. I mean, nobody can beat you up over no. that. And I just, I just don't think I – don't, I don't know, man. I just don't see him catching people off guard. They're going to be ready for him. I get, he's got a ton of weapons at receiver, though, tight end. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, I, I like that Carolina defense right now. They're, they're clicking. Okay. So, sit fits. All right, Mike, who's your quarterback? Quarterback sit. I'm going to sit Matt Ryan versus the Washington Redskins. They've been uh, really the, – the defense has been really tough, really tough to play against. I think, you know, Manning just torched them in this last game. John told me that uh, Manning was actually the, the second highest yardage quarterback <laughs> from last week, which uh, broke my heart. He told me that after <laughs> I made my pick. But – but – you know, the truth is, um, I, I feel like Washington uh, is going to put up a, a good fight against uh, Atlanta. If, if week, Eli so. Manning wasn't so bad in the red zone, the Giants would have won that game by double digits. I mean, I was there. I it's, saw it. It's maddening what that guy becomes once he gets into the red zone. But he threw for a ton of yards. Ryan's got equal weapons, better protection, and a better game scheme, a better scheme. And that game is in Atlanta, right? No, it's, it's it's in Washington, so it's outdoors. It might be a little bit of a disadvantage for it, but I I, I think you're going to miss on that one, Mike. I hate to say it, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Bold oh, predictions, my. John. Bold predictions. And I'm going to sit Big Ben at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore has a you know pretty solid defense against the pass. And, you know, Big Ben did not have a good first game against them. I don't see him going to Baltimore and having a good game. So, I'm sitting Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, that, that game's always a bloodbath. I, I don't – those NFC North – AFC North games always turn into, like, backyard brawls. So, yeah, I, 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 I get sitting Roethlisberger there. No. And uh, where are you at for running back? I'm going into that game myself, and I am sitting James Conner. You know, he's had a bunch of good weeks back-to-back-to-back. I just don't see Baltimore giving him much room, if any, to run. You know, he might get a short yardage goal line touchdown, but I don't see him putting up a bunch of yards. And, you know, I don't see him putting up the 30-plus points he's put up the last couple weeks. Right. He had a rough game. He had a rough game against them. One of his worst weeks was against Baltimore at home. Now he's going to be in Baltimore. Baltimore just got embarrassed by Carolina. Uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of down on Pittsburgh's offense this week myself. Yeah. All right. Mike, who's your running back guy? So uh, I didn't learn my lesson last time. Um, I'm going to do it again. Sit Zeke versus the Titans on Monday Night Football. I think they're going to want to play with their shiny new toy, Mr. Amari Cooper, which means they're going to throw the ball like 900 times. He's going to catch it maybe one time. Uh, for like 20 yards. And then, you know, they'll probably lose the game 9-3. to three. 
So, yeah, that's Zeke versus the Titans. That's who I'm sitting. All right. And, and I'm going to sit uh, Ingram versus the Rams. And, you know, I think this has a lot to do with, you know, Rams is a tough defense. Uh, but Ingram got a lot of rushing yards and garbage time last week, and they're not going to have that this week. They're, they're, this game is going to go down to the wire. Um, and, I, and he's going to get touches, but I don't think he gets what you really want out of a, out of a starting running back, so I'm sitting Ingram. Should be a Kamara week this week. All right, John, every, your, every week. Every week's a Kamara. Every week should be a Kamara week. So uh, going receiver, this guy had his breakout game last week. Uh, this is more of a – you know, pump the brakes rather than a matchup sit. Devontae Parker has been – to say he's inconsistent would imply that he's, you know, had something to base that off of. He's been non-existent. We're talking about a guy that two weeks ago was a healthy scratch. His agent had to write this big post about him being sat and how they're missing out. I just – if Devontae Parker's out there on the waiver wire, of course, pick him up. If you can get him – if you can get him on your roster, get him on your roster. Just kind of stash him for now to see if this is going to be something that is going to keep happening going forward or if it was just kind of a flash-in-the-pan one-time thing. So I'm sitting Devontae Parker more for the fact that I'm just not sure what I'm going to get out of him yet. The ability's there. You know, this is a first-round pick. He's, you know, another one of those guys from that great 2015 class. But, you know, the ability's there. Just, you know, injuries – uh, attitude, just those kind of things. Let's see if that's there for Parker. Just kind of pump the brakes on him, leave him on the bench this week, see if you can get anything out of him. If you see it still happening again, you know, go for, go with it from there. So you don't you don't agree with me on Ryan. I don't agree with you on Parker. Right now, the New York Jets are currently the worst defense, uh, giving up fantasy points to wide receiver position. And I have a feeling that my start of the week, Brock Lobster, will be throwing a lot of balls to Devontae Parker. So uh, I, I don't agree with you. However, I, I respect you for going with your guy. Yeah, so you bring up the worst, worst, secondary, worst secondary against receivers for fantasy football, and you're sitting the second-highest scoring fantasy quarterback. Listen, bold hey, predictions. Bold, yeah, exactly. Bold. See? It's also a really tough week to sit a quarterback. By the way, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I basically had big Big Ben written down and nobody else. So that 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 sit might be the Eric Flowers of your of your picks. Great. <laughs> you know what? As long as four of them are right, I'm incredibly happy. Okay. Let's go. All right, Mike. Give me a, your wide receiver. I'm giving you my wide receiver next too. Did you do? Let's see. Did you do a wide receiver yet? Uh, no, I didn't. I was just I didn't think it was my turn. So I wasn't prepared. <laughs> Marvin Jones had a huge week last week. And they just traded Golden Tate. So obviously you'd be starting him up, right? Now nah, I'm sitting him. He's playing the Vikings. Xavier Rhodes may or may not be back. I don't care. It's the Vikings. It's a tough matchup. Sit Marvin Jones. I don't necessarily hate it. I'm just going to the other side of the field because I'm going to say Kenny Galladay. At the Vikings, I, I don't think moving on from Golden Tate actually helps them at all. Um, I, I think it just allows your defenses to, you know, put the right coverage in the right spots. So I, I want to see what they're going to be without Golden Tate before I trust them. I actually really either one of those guys, but sitting Galladay. So I, I just want to bring up again, bashing me for Matt Ryan. 
I, I would love to sit Matt Stafford, but I sat him last week, and I feel like you just crushed me for trying to do this again. I did it with Mitchell Trubisky like three weeks in a row, and now you're going to be, oh, no, sit Stafford. So just, just saying. Just saying. Obviously, I was somewhere with it. All right, guys. Oh, are, um, you, are, you still, are you still talking? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, champion. Let's hear it. Hear what? I'm Let's done. give us some. Your right, pick. I gave you my pick. You complained about it. It was Devontae Parker. Oh, that's right. All right, guys. Great. Let's move on to some streaming options at tight end. Uh, Johnny, what are you thinking? All right. So, again, we keep harping on this. If you've got guys that you could start against Kansas City, start them. Go with David Njoku. Bad week last week. A couple weeks before that, you know, multiple, multiple targets, double-digit targets in both games, touchdowns in both games. Off week last week, I think that's more of an aberration than the norm. Njoku gets back on track this yeah. week. Um, and I – Tight end position, it goose yeah, eggs happen. It does. It's just – Unfortunately, it does. You know, you got Gronk who throwing up five points a week now. It's just disgusting. But uh, and for defense, I love the Cowboys' defense against ten- bad Tennessee offense this week. So, if you got if they're out there, grab the Cowboys, start them this week against Tennessee. You'll be happy with that. As far as our sits, we're gonna until Gronk's healthy, which maybe never. If you can afford to sit him, if you have a better option, like David Njoku, leave Gronk on your bench, and. The Rams' defense against New Orleans is going to get touched up this week. The Rams haven't really been stopping people. They've just been outscoring people. So, I think Word. New Orleans, Drew Brees throws up a ton of points on them. They're, they're in the dome, right? They're in the dome. They're in, they're, they're they're in, in the, the dome. dome. So, I think that becomes a track meet. I think you see a bunch of those weapons on display. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Not to mention on the other side of the ball, you got Robert Woods. Cooper Cup may or may not be back. Uh, Brand, Brandon Cook, it looks like Cup the, is best, the best player in the NFL right now, and Todd, Todd Gurley. There are weapons for days in this game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be the over for this game, Mike. I think we're saying it's 60. I think 60 I'm saying if right you're now, a betting yeah. man, take that over. There's going to be points of plenty. So sit the Rams defense if you can afford to this week. All right, so All right. those are our picks for our, our, our ride and die picks this week. So we wanted to get into something a little fun. Mike's going to touch on some guys in his in his mice trade market this week, and then we're going to move into something a little different than what we've been doing. So, Mike, give us a couple guys with favorable playoff schedules that maybe you should be targeting now to like kind of start loading up. If you're if you're in that playoff race, you want to load up for that playoff run. Absolutely. You know, if you're one of the teams lucky enough to be at the top of the standings, you need to start looking and evaluating your roster. You know, look at the matchups in the future. Uh, try and get ahead of it, you know, because there are going to be some teams that have rough matchups. I mean, uh, two teams I'm going to bring up right now. Uh, Philadelphia has some really tough matchups throughout the playoffs uh, at Dallas, at the Los Angeles Rams, and home against Houston. Those are three tough defenses right there. I mean, even even though the Rams do have a tendency, like you said, to just outscore their opponents – it's still a tough matchup going all the way from an East Coast team going to the West Coast. That's going to be a tough game. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Patriots, they have a tough matchup as well at Miami, at Pittsburgh, and uh, home against Buffalo. You saw what Buffalo just did to them last night. I mean, I don't know if we're going to end up with, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to trust it in my Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. On the flip side of the coin, let me tell you something right now. If you own a Carolina Panther, do not get rid of him. And if you don't have Carolina Panthers on your team, do anything you can to get them. The Panthers are going to be at Cleveland 
in Week 13, which is a great matchup, even if it is in Cleveland. But then two home games against New Orleans and Atlanta. Both are terrible against quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. So essentially what I want to point out to everyone here is go out there and make a – an offer to you know for the camp to the Cam Newton owner. See what you can do to get him. Christian McCaffrey is a good add. DJ Moore, if he is available in your league, you better pick him up. Spend all of your fab money to get him. That would be my advice. I think this kid is is slated for a breakout. And if somebody already owns him, make an offer. I don't think it'd be a bad move. You know, uh, another team that I want to point out that has a really favorable matchup throughout the playoffs is Baltimore. Um, It does get a little dicey for the Super Bowl. You have at Kansas City, home against Tampa Bay. That is like I'm licking my chops just thinking about that game. And uh, at, at the Los Angeles Chargers, that game, it's, you know, that's a Midland defense. You're not really too worried about it. In fact, I want to point out with Baltimore, they have their bye in week 10. After their bye in week 10, this is their schedule. Cincinnati, Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, Baltimore just has a, a cake cakewalk to finish out their season. So, I mean, if you have players like Alex Collins, John Brown, I mean, you might be able to put John Flacco on your team and spot start him in a couple of rough matchups for your starters. So, uh, that's definitely someplace I would be looking to go. Uh, the Broncos also have really favorable matchups in the playoffs at San Francisco, home against Cleveland, and then at Oakland. Um, Case Keenum, I think, is, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that you can probably pair with somebody. Like, let's say you look at Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson's got a really tough matchup in Week 13 against Minnesota, but then two really great matchups at San Francisco and home against Kansas City. If you pair him with Case Keenum, Case Keenum has San Francisco in that first week. And then, you know, you just kind of go from there. Uh, Phillip Rivers has a really good starting schedule where he goes Cincinnati and at Kansas City. And then he ends up with Baltimore in the Super Bowl. So you're not going to want to just have Phillip Rivers as your only quarterback going into the playoffs. So what you might want to do is try and get Mitchell Trubisky, who plays San Francisco on week 16. That would be your Super Bowl. So these are the places that you're trying to look to go. Uh, Drew Brees, again, New Orleans, at the Bucks, at Carolina, and then home against Pittsburgh. Those are all defenses that are giving up lots of points. So that's, uh, those are the people that I wanted to highlight. Basically anybody who is a Bronco, a Panther, um, and basically any of the other teams that are just scoring like crazy. They all have great matchups. Kansas City has a rough schedule in the playoffs but i'm not sitting anybody from kansas city i don't care who they're playing yeah i, don't, I think uh pretty much every kansas city offensive player is becoming matchup proof at this point so yep all right so we're talking about trades earlier we touched on uh my brother and how his crazy mind works and thinks about these scenarios that you know haven't happened or haven't happened yet or could possibly happen but haven't so we're talking about you know, some of the quarterbacks in this league. And one quarterback kept coming up pretty often. And then he hits me with this, Jim. Now, now picture this. It's 2015, right? Chip Kelly is in charge of the Philadelphia franchise at this point. Harry Roseman has been sent to the curb. Oh. Chip Kelly is pretty much the guy in charge of everything. Chip Kelly was the former coach of, uni- the, of the Oregon Ducks. Who was one of the top guys coming out in the draft that year? Marcus Mariota, Chip Kelly's quarterback. 
the guy who pretty much got Chip Kelly his NFL job with how good he played for him. Chip Kelly apparently offered up the entire Eagles franchise. You know, he, he tried to package swoop their mascot into the deal, you know, offered them lifetime Philly <laughs> cheesesteaks to the Tennessee Titans to move up to number two to be able to draft Marcus Mariota. Now, what we want to do is we want to throw you guys in the DeLorean. We're gunning at the 88. We're going back in time, baby. It's 2015. The Eagles have just completed a trade for the number two overall draft pick and select Marcus Mariota. What kind of ripple effect does that send through the entire NFL? Not just that year, but in the years to come, the next draft, the draft after, the draft after that. Mike, what, what, what was the actual trade that the Eagles were offering the Titans? Do you, so I did some research on this just to see what, what was being thrown around. I found two different trades. One of them was a three-team uh, three deal that basically involved trading Sam Bradford um, and a, a plethora of picks. I don't believe any of them were first-rounders to Cleveland to acquire their 12th overall pick in that draft in 2015. And then they would use the 12th overall pick and the 20th overall pick, as well as their first rounder the following year to acquire that number two pick, which would eventually be Marcus Mariota. At that point, Tampa Bay had basically telegraphed that they were going to take James Winston there. That was their choice. That, that, that is so much for like, no, we know now what Marcus Mariota, that is so much. For Marcus Mariota. That's almost like somebody now, trading a first round pick for Amari Cooper. Well, <laughs> you think that's a lot. You think that's a lot. Let me tell you. All right. The second one that I found now that that first that first trade that I found was actually from a fan site on SP Nation called uh, Bleeding Green. That was written in 2015. This next trade that I found was from an article in 2018 that basically was uh, doing uh, something similar to what we're doing, not so much exploring what would have happened, but exploring the, you know, the fact that there was almost a trade for Marcus Mariota going to, you know, the Eagles. And this is what this is literally what they would have offered uh, first and second round picks in 2015, first and second round picks in 2016, any quarterback from the roster and any defensive player from the roster. Jesus. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jimmy, who was the best defensive player on the Eagles in 2015? Was it still Dawkins? <laughs> At, I mean, Dawkins, I think, was on the team, but. Uh, 2000. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Still, there has to be somebody. I'm thinking. You know I'm mean? thinking. Trying to think of a defensive lineman who was there. Um, Either way, I don't. I don't know. Know, know if that matters. Obviously, obviously, the quarterback would have ended up being Sam Bradford. Well, Foles. Um, Nick Foles yeah. was also yeah, Foles. on the team. He was eventually traded. I believe, correct for or no? Foles was traded for yeah, Bradford. Yes, that's that's what ended up happening, but. I mean, he was looking to get that deal done. The fact that he didn't get it done is is actually pretty surprising to me. How does Tennessee turn down offers like that? I, if they included Swoop, I think they would have got it. I think it would have been done. <laughs> the lifetime Philly cheesesteaks would have had oh, me at yeah. hello, me and me and Andy, uh, <laughs> me and Andy over there, Andy. All Reed. right, so let's let's break this down. So let's say that trade happens, right? The Titans move back to twelve, Jimmy. Who do the Titans take at 12 in that draft? 
All right. I'm going to blow your minds with this, guys, right? Because now you have a team that still has a lot of needs. They, they still need quarterbacks. They still need um, running backs. They, there's nothing there if you look at their roster from, from those seasons. I draft Melvin Gordon at 12, and he never becomes a San Diego Supercharger. That's right. He was drafted at 15. Uh, the, the Chargers traded up from 17 just to get him. So he, you're thinking that he would have gone at 12, two picks after Todd Gurley went to the Rams. Wow. And so then that, leaves, then that leaves a vacuum for San Diego's pick that year. San Diego, who do they take? No other running back was gone in, in the first round there. So, you know, well, he was the last, he was the last running back taken in the first round because obviously Todd Gurley was taking five picks before him. One, uh, pick one, one pick after Eric Flowers. We'll just, we'll just <laughs> one pick after Eric Flowers. Yeah, look, that changes a lot for the Rams. I mean, that, that changes their their whole – not that season for them. I mean, Melvin Gordon had, had a terrible season. No touchdowns, if everyone recalls that. But it certainly puts them in, a, in an awkward position where now they're, they're – you know, that they become a completely different team than they are right now. So, okay. So, give me the rest of your scenario that you have laid out for this, Jimmy. All right, so the rest of my scenario is right. So they need, still need to address that that quarterback need, and there's a couple guys. So let's assume they 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 get it done through uh, free agency. If their Mariota was the kind of guy they're looking for, well, they had Michael Vick out there. Let's be honest. Wow, Michael Vick is an injury factor. So Michael Vick starts where you have Melvin Gordon, right? They also have something like five tight ends. So I'm also going to make the assumption that Melvin Gordon gets closer to a hundred, you know, a thousand yards and, and maybe two or three touchdowns on his rookie campaign. Well, listen, that, that rookie, the rookie campaign with the zero touchdowns, his offensive coordinator was Mike McCoy, who is the only other coordinator that's been fired this year. That isn't a, a Cleveland Brown because he's oh, horrible. Two, he that wasn't, I might be All wrong, right. but wasn't Mike McCoy fired last year too? Uh, yes. Mid-season. Right. Mid-season. He was – he's just a terrible, terrible coach. Uh, I mean, the truth is I think that Melvin Gordon would probably have had a, quite a few touchdowns if he played for Tennessee yeah. in 2016. Okay. So, Jimmy, keep going. Where, where else are you going with this? You got a better situation out of Gordon, but with your injury-prone prone Michael Vick as your quarterback, do you know who his backup would have been? The backup there was Zach – Mettenberger? Oh, oh my God. Well, they, they also they also uh, would have got a quarterback from Philly in the trade. They probably – right? They would have gotten – They would have gotten Foles. Or Bradford. Or, they would have got Bradford. Bradford was already going for Foles. At any rate, I still say that the following season, they end up being, you know, top one, two, three pick again, right? Not putting it together. But wait a minute. Who went second overall in 2016? Carson Wentz. Yeah, he did. So now you have the Tennessee Titans who have wow. Carson Wentz. They have Melvin Gordon, right? I'm gonna... And we didn't even talk about who they're drafting at 20 because they not only had the 12th pick, they would have had the 20th pick in that draft. So the 20th pick in the, 50, right. the, 20th pick in the 2015 draft was Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I mean, it, it might not have been Nelson Aguilar – you know, to Tennessee, they could have taken yeah. a number. I mean, just looking back at that draft, this is the, the notable picks from that draft. Todd Gurley at 10, Melvin Gordon at 15, Marcus Peters, star cornerback at 18. David Johnson uh, went number 86 in the third round. Stefan Diggs went at 146 in the fifth round. 
So I mean, there were uh, there were a few players available. It was it was a well, weak draft class. Yeah, but there's sure. some there's some decent defensive players that you're, you're missing there. Bud Dupree that the Steelers took at 21, um, right, or right. 22. You had Shane Ray go to the Broncos. Shane Ray had a bit of a, a weed problem. That's why he dropped yep. the draft. Hell of an edge rusher at 23. Shaq Thompson the Carolina at 25. Um, you know, so you had some decent defensive players come off the board in that draft. But let's before we go any further with with uh, the Marcus Mariota scenarios. Just listen to some of the picks in this draft. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Dante Fowler. Those are your top three picks. And number four was Amari yeah. Cooper. You know, so two of two of let's the just, picks let's just do from the let's top do, four let's got do, traded. Let's do the top week. ten. Let's do the top ten. Winston, Mariota, Fowler, Cooper, Brandon Sheriff has a nice nice career with Washington so far. Leonard Williams, who's no longer on the Jets. Kevin White massively underproducing Vic Beasley. Who's been okay for the, for the Falcons, Eric flowers might be the biggest draft boss in New York giants football history. Uh, no, he had not. Might I, be I was his. trying to be nice. Um, Eric flowers. Awful. Todd Gurley. Great pick. Could be one of those, uh, picks that haunts the giants for years and years to come. You took Eric flowers. Next pick was Todd Gurley. Awesome. Jerry Reese. Thank you again for the stellar job you did for us. Um, then after Todd Gurley, you had Trey Wayne, solid, serviceable cornerback. Danny Shelton to the Browns after that. Andrews P to, to the Saints. And then Devontae Parker, another massively underproducing guy. This draft is just fraught with busts, like left and right. Yep. But anyway, Jimmy, bring it home for us. Bring it home. So now that the Tennessee Titans are, are stacked, they have a complete. We lost you, Jim. Come back to us. The Titans made the uh, the playoffs because of the wild card. I say. All right. Jimmy, yep. Jimmy. We lost you okay. for a second there. So give it to us one more time. Again, the, the Tennessee Titans are stacked. Right. Tennessee Titans are stacked. Okay. A solid offense. Right? You have Carson Wentz. You have Melvin Gordon. And if you call last year, they, they made it into the playoffs with the wild card spot. I say they take that spot in the Jags. They make, their, they make a Super Bowl run. On the flip side, with the poor decisions under Chip Kelly, the Eagles don't even make the playoffs last year. The Cowboys take that division, and the Super Bowl is the Tennessee Titans over the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. And I'm still crying myself to sleep because I'm an Eagles fan. Yes. So, okay. So, yeah, we're kind of along the same line. I'm going to go away from the Tennessee side. I'm going to focus more on the Philly side. So, all right, Philly trades trades the farm, goes up and gets Marcus Mariota. The 30 seconds or less or three seconds or less Mike D'Antoni offense does not work in the NFL. The Eagles are historically bad again with Mariota under center his rookie year. But guess what? They can't fix it because they traded all that draft capital for Mariota. The Eagles, the next year, are bad again. Chip Kelly gets fired. They're stuck with Marcus Mariota. They don't make the playoffs. They pick in the top 10 in the the 2017 draft. And that's where we're sitting. But so 2017 would be their next first round pick. The next first round pick the Philadelphia Eagles would have would be in the 2017 NFL draft. So let's let's look at the 2017 Oof. NFL draft class. 
Let's say, let's look at the top five picks, which is probably where the Eagles will be picking in the top five. So, where are we at here? No, Baker no. Mayfield, two thousand seventeen. Baker Mayfield was oh, number I'm one sorry. overall was Miles Garrett, right? Right. Number right. two. Do you know who number two was? Oh, uh, Trubisky to yes. the Bears. But you don't need him. Yeah, Mariana traded up. You to know get him. who is sitting there at number ten that was traded up for? Jared. No, oh. not golf. Well, yeah, so. Just think about who could possibly be the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles right now, and be the bane of the existence for all Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins fans. I'll give you a little hint. He's lighting it up out in Kansas City right now. You think Mahomes? Pat Mahomes went number 10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Eagles yeah. are picking in the top five of that draft, Mahomes – They would have to take a Mahomes quarterback. Mahomes does not make it past the Eagles pick. What? <laughs> what? So they could, that's, that's they, where you're going with this? Philadelphia oh Eagles fans, gosh. I know you love Carson Wentz. You want to jump on the Wentz wagon. You live in Pennsylvania. But how much better would you feel with, with Showtime Patty Mahomes throwing the ball all over to Link? Yeah, but to who and to what? Horrible. I mean, like, the defense wouldn't be anywhere near. I mean, like, the defense is, is tough so right what you're now, telling me is the but de- only because of that solid So what drafting. you're telling me is the defense would look bad and, like, it couldn't stop anybody. And does that remind you of any other any other team right now that is – that that plays that wears red uniforms and plays in a giant arrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. So, I think. Oh, I think, man, that that I boggles. Think Doug Peterson boggles becomes mind, the coach friend. of the Eagles a year later than he does. But I still think he's on Andy Reid's staff going into last year. He becomes the coach of the Eagles this year. Takes Mahomes, and he basically runs the same offense that that uh, Andy Reid runs. Pat Mahomes ends up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz. Ends up with the Cleveland Browns. Might be another name on that 31 quarterback jersey. Who knows? Baker Mayfield, in this year's draft, doesn't go to the Browns. Saquon Barkley goes number one overall if they already have Carson Wentz. Baker Mayfield goes two to the Giants. Or Sam Darnold goes two to the Giants with Barkley off the board. And then Mayfield might go to the Giants. You You look at this trade. If the Eagles are able to get that trade done and they move up, it changes to the career trajectory of not just a couple, hundreds of players. Yeah. Hundreds, and, hundreds. That would shake up two, three yeah. different drafts. Three or four. It, 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 it's a butterfly effect. It would just keep going, chain reaction down the line. Like The NFL is a completely different league if Chip Kelly got his way and got his man. Because he doesn't get fired the following wow. season. He gets at least one more year. That pushes the Eagles Super Bowl. They're never winning a Super Bowl with Chip Kelly and Marcus Mariota as the quarterback. No. It's not a system that's going to work in the NFL. It pushes the Eagles' time back a year or two. I still think somehow Doug Peterson ends up as the Eagles head coach one way or another. I think whether he stays in Kansas City another year or, or, or he goes to – he's a, a different coordinator on a different team. I think he ends up – somehow ends up the Eagles head coach a year later than usual. But I do think uh, Chip Kelly stays with the Eagles another year. It, it just changes so much. Like I sat down and when we decided to do this, like my brother, t- when my brother talked to me about this, I went to you guys with the idea and I sat down and I tried to start like mapping it out. Literally every pick of the first round over the last three years changes. Everything is different. 
Because we're not talking about a pick 10 or 15 picks into the draft. We're talking about a pick one or two into the draft. So literally, you change the top two picks, then every pick after that changes, except for with the exception of maybe one or two guys here and there, every pick changes. Like that one trade could have changed the face of the NFL for years. I, I, I firmly believe the Eagles still don't have a Super Bowl. Maybe they get it with Pat Mahomes. Probably not. You know, but like you look at Cleveland's different because Cleveland probably ends up with Carson Wentz in the next year, which means they don't take Baker Mayfield this year, which means they take Saquon Barkley, which means the Giants don't take Saquon Barkley, which means the Giants take Mayfield or Darnold, which means the Jets don't get Darnold or they get, they get Darnold or Mayfield or they get they, or maybe they take Josh Allen. They, the, just the ripple effect from that trade happening would have been massive. It really is mind-boggling if you think about it. You know, we just specifically named about 20, 30 guys, but you're right, man. It, it ends up impacting hundreds, coaches. It's crazy. And, and we didn't even go into the other players that we're talking that were drafted from other teams that were drafted different places. Like, we didn't talk about what the Chargers are going to do without Mel- right. with in the void of Melvin Gordon. We didn't talk about, you know. He's their entire offense. He really almost. is. I mean, For a couple I mean, years he was, yeah. He is. He is. He is. You know, so you look at the 2015 draft. You look at the 2017 draft. 2017 draft, Miles Garrett won, Trubisky two, right? That 2017, Trubisky two, Solomon Thomas for the Niners at three, Leonard Fournette at four. Like that draft is all different because those top two teams. Well, I know the Bears traded a bunch up to get there, but the Browns probably aren't picking number one overall if they have Carson Wentz as a quarterback. Maybe he's a bust there, but I don't think so. Yeah, it, it just changes everything. Tennessee Titans, do they take Corey Davis at five? Are they even picking at five? Are they picking in the back half of the draft because they're loaded with Melvin Gordon and, and uh, I would definitely say they're not picking at five, that's for sure. And Corey Davis, so imagine Corey Davis goes to another team that actually has a competent quarterback that can throw the ball down the yeah. field accurately. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just, I, I, if Corey Davis went to Oakland right now, I would be I would be really curious to see what their you know what what Derek Carr could do with him. It, it would be interesting, but yeah, but the the point of this segment is just to see like how one move can affect every team and every player on every team. Like literally, that one trade could have affected every player on every NFL roster going forward. I mean, you look at it, it really speaks to the inexperience and it proves that Chip Kelly was a, a horrible, horrible experiment, especially after he gets fired and then the the new GM comes in and does perform that trade and moves up to get that, well, you know, that quarterback. The funny you know thing saying? is that like, wasn't a new GM. It was Howie Roseman. Yeah, it was. He, he, I know. he never left the team. He was just kind of put in a, put in a corner office <laughs> and said, hey, we're going to let somebody else do your job, but we'll still pay you. Right. It was really strange. I always, that's one of the, I always had a really good laugh about that. And then you win the Super Bowl, and now I can't laugh. So, Jimmy, you're saying that the Tennessee Titans win the Eagles Super Bowl if they make that trade, if the Eagles trade up, end up making that trade. That's what I say. I mean, they think about how they could load that team up with the picks that they acquire throughout that trade. That's crazy because the year that they draft the year you have them drafting once is the year that they traded up and took Derrick Henry, right? 
Or they took Derrick Henry. Yes, it is the year they took So Derrick they Henry. wouldn't need to take Derrick Henry because they have nope. Melvin Gordon. So they take the quarterback in that draft. So they, they flip quarterback, running back, and they end up with a better player in both situations. That's amazing. Exactly. By far. Yeah, by yeah. far, yeah. So look at that. Crazy Anthony coming through again. <laughs> Let's go back to the future. He's, yeah. he's going to kill me <laughs> when he hears me call him Crazy Anthony tomorrow uh, when he listens. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he gave us two. He gave us gave us gold, and he gave us Ty Montgomery to the Eagles. <laughs> no, oh. so anything else you guys want to touch on tonight? Not me. I I'm so mind blown right now <laughs> by that entire like, scenario. I, I'm, that, I'm like, uh, what was it? A beautiful mind with uh, Russell Crowe, where he's drawing on the glass and he's just kind of seeing things. Like that's literally what I'm doing right now. I'm moving player from team to team to team to team to team. Like I have this really crazy like. When you came to me with this idea, that's exactly what I pictured. I pictured you in your basement with a giant whiteboard, just moving magnets uh, around. Look, on all I'm, the I'm not going to lie to you. I sat down the years. and I like. It's no, it's no lie. My favorite thing to do is dissect the NFL draft and like dissect fantasy drafts. I love doing it. Like it just, it's something I'm into. So when my brother came to me with this idea, and I sat there. I looked at the amount of notes I took, and I'm like, I have to throw this out. This looks like a crazy person. If anybody saw this, I'd be put in a loony bin right away. Like, I literally had 300-plus names written down on a legal pad, like five or six pages worth, just writing names and, like, swapping and drawing lines. And, like, this guy goes here, and this guy goes here. And this team, instead of being 10 and 6, is 6 and 10. And, like, it, it, like literally my brain was, like, going to explode on me. So I just had to stop, go back, and <laughs> just – so, <laughs> and now like, oh like I'm kind of trailing off because I'm looking at the draft boards again and I'm like well this could have happened this would have been amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many other I think it was a, yep. oh, there's so many I think it was a fun journey but uh, Doc Brown I gotta pull you back into this freaking <laughs> DeLorean and we need to we need to go back alright boys so if we got nothing else from tonight you know like I say every week if you want to get in touch with us you can always hit us at send us an email at hotseatffbpodcast at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at Hot Seat Podcast One. Um, you know, as always, thanks for listening, guys.